It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Mostly sunny skies today, warming up to 66 degrees. Clear and cold overnight areas of frost possible, lows at 35. We'll start out with mostly sunny skies on Saturday, getting up close to 70 for those afternoon highs. Overnight lows at 41 Saturday nights. And mostly sunny on Sunday, just a few more clouds by the afternoon. High temperatures running in the upper 60s. And currently, we have uh, about 33 degrees right now throughout most of the listening area in Danville, 35 in Lynchburg, 35 in Bedford, 37 in Roanoke and Salem, 35 in Appomattox. Well, um, everybody loves, well, not everybody, but a lot of people love Anchorman uh, and Ron Burgundy, who has a tendency to just kind of read the teleprompter and not pay attention to uh, much else. Stay classy, Lynchburg. Um, stay classy. That's right. Um, now, President Biden is being compared to Ron Burgundy. Uh, well, we'll let you take a listen, see what you think. To get any questionable calls, please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. Supposed to like. It's just dot. You don't spell out D-O-T. If you spell that out, you're not going to get to your website. I will say, like, to play devil's advocate here. Okay. When you're, when you're locked into a teleprompter, mm-hmm. it's so hard to, like, you're just, like, in that rhythm. You'll just read it. And mm-hmm. and I, I'm assuming... Because I wonder... And, and, and it's still not as bad as Nancy Pelosi. When Nancy Pelosi was reading the teleprompter and said, uh, applaud here. Because I have done that before. Like, you said applaud here? No. Oh, I, okay. I said, like, if someone put, like, something in quotations, I will just say it. Like, I, I've had that happen before. Okay. I don't think I've ever had that happen before. But, uh, and again, it's not as bad as Nancy Pelosi, so it could have been worse. Uh, President Biden brushed off questions about his lack of of uh, campaign trail appearances, although I think he'd been, he's been making too many ahead of the midterm elections. Uh, he snapped at a reporter who pressed him on the issue. Biden's White House has faced many questions throughout the week regarding him uh, and his slim calendar, with multiple reports saying Democrats in tight races view a visit from him as a liability. A reporter asked Biden about his campaign plans as he was walking to Marine One on Thursday. John Fetterman is going to appear with you today in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why? A reporter asked. And he's like, that's not true. There have been 15. Count, kid. Count, all right? (laughs) I don't know. One, Uh two. Right. Three. I don't think there's been 15. Four. There hasn't been 15, but anyway, uh, we're going to go to the phones now. Who do we have? It's Alan. He's got a story for you. Morning, Alan. Hey, guys. Hey, have y'all heard this story about the uh, missing ABC News reporter? Uh, Glenn Beck had it on yesterday and was talking about it, but apparently this ABC News reporter, Meek, uh, Rolling Stone, broke the story. Uh, Apparently, the FBI come to his house in April and the CIA because he was going to do a story on Biden, and he worked for ABC News, and he hadn't been seen since. <laughs> so, um, where is Meek? So uh, you're talking about uh, James Meek? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, 
so Rolling Stones, the FBI told Rolling Stone the agents were present at the end of April in Arlington. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of a crazy story. I mean, that sounds more like a Clinton uh, story, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the guy just disappeared, and the guy that he was working on this story for, they, I think Glenn Beck or one of them called him, or Rolling Stone called him. He's like, I don't know anything about this story. Uh, okay. Oh wow. Um, well, so and that happens. A story about Biden or something. That that does happen sometimes uh, with reporters. Now I wonder if something's happened to him or is he just laying low? I I don't know. Apparently, Meek has lived in these uh, apartments for more than a decade. They're saying uh, FBI yeah, is not commenting since the raid. None of his neighbors or colleagues have seen him. And his last tweet was on the morning of April twenty seventh. Well, now that is a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. It's uh, very strange. Uh, I, I know, apparently it's all over Twitter and everything, and I think Tucker Carlson broke the story the other night too. But huh? Uh, okay. Odd story. Well, you got you got the FBI breaking into all of these houses of people, like the pro-life people and stuff, and just they're just acting terribly at the FBI, obviously. Right. But, Not that know. we're surprised about that. No, I'm. I'm not surprised, but anyway, I just didn't know if y'all had told that story I, or not. I have not followed up on that story, and it is very interesting. Thanks for sharing it with us this morning, okay, Alan. Okay, guys. Appreciate that. Have a good day. Uh-huh. You too. So, apparently, after that visit from the FBI, um, he resigned very abruptly. That's according to ABC News, and he hasn't worked for them for months. Meek was slated to release a book for Shyman and Schuster that tells the story of a retired Green Beret who helped evacuate over 500 Afghans during President Joe Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal alongside co-author Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, a retired Green Beret. However, Meek's name and photo have been scrapped from the book and all press materials since the raid. Mann told Rolling Stone that Meek was dealing with some serious personal issues that prevented him from moving forward with the book. Oh, okay. Mann said he contacted me in the spring and was distraught, told me he had some serious personal issues going on with the FBI, and that he needed to withdraw for the project. As a guy who's a combat veteran who has seen that kind of strain, I don't know what it was. I honored it. And he went his way. I continued with the project. FBI agents are saying, reportedly, found classified information on Meek's laptop while conducting the raid, sources told Rolling Stone. Biden's Department of Justice, I use that term loosely, instituted a policy last year that prohibits federal authorities from seizing journalist records without getting approval from the Deputy Attorney General, which means U.S. Deputy Attorney General uh, Lisa Monaco would have to have signed off on the raid if those reports about the seized documents are accurate. Meek's attorney refuted Rolling Stone's reports and urged the DOJ to investigate the potential leak. Says Mr. Meek is unaware of what allegations anonymous sources are making about his possession of classified documents. If such documents exist, this would be within the scope of his long career as an investigative journalist covering government wrongdoing. 
The allegations in your inquiry are troubling for different reason. They appear to come from a source inside the government. It is highly inappropriate and illegal for individuals in the government to leak information about an ongoing investigation. We hope they will promptly investigate the source of this leak. During Meek's lengthy career as a journalist, he broke multiple high-profile stories about national security and terrorism. He uh, produced the Hulu documentary 3212 Unredacted, which focused on his reports about the 2017 ISIS ambush in Niger that left four Green Berets dead. All right, well, that's, that's troubling, to say the least. That's, that's not good. I'm not familiar with him. I, I don't believe in coincidences at all. If the FBI came to see him uh, on the 27th, and then that was his last tweet, and then he backs out of a book deal, and he quits his job at ABC, and then his uh, neighbors and friends and colleagues don't see him anymore. Mm. Some, no. It doesn't smell right. No, something's definitely not right with that. So uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that one for sure. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be taking a uh, listen to an interview. It's a really, it's it's not very long, but it's really filled with great information. It's from CBS correspondent Dr. Max Stroma about the relationship between mammograms and weight and how often should you have mammograms based on that. It's National Mammography Day. Of course, uh, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And if you, a lot of people skip their mammograms, you know, during COVID and during the pandemic. And if you're one of those folks who did that, um, please get that scheduled right away. It's extremely important. We're going to take a listen to this interview when we return. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate your calls, too. Here's our number, 866-916-3776. Give us a call and join in the conversation on The Morning Jam. I'm Janet Rose. Good morning. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. On the Virginia Talk Radio Network. I'd make a great president. I got my motto, make America Italian again. I got my platform. You don't know nothing. You didn't see nothing. You don't say nothing. That's America. As president of the United States, I will never tweet. Good idea. I'm Italian. I don't want nobody knowing what I'm thinking. And you don't follow me. I follow you. I won't even need four years. Three months, straighten out the entire country. First thing I'll do, I'll relocate the White House from Washington to Utah. Who's going to know where we are? Think about the questions. Where's the White House? I think they're behind the mountains. People, that's hilarious. I just made that up right here. I always wanted to be the guy that gave really cool speeches. Imagine me on national television asking, answering the questions. 
to the press, right? I'd be on national television all dressed up in like an Armani three-piece suit, you know? Old school, open collar, just looking cool. Red Reebok sneakies, couple pinky rings. <laughs> I have my cabinet with me. You see the same cabinet every speech. Anthony, Nicky, Joey, Tony, Shouty, Frank. <laughs> couple of guys in track suits. Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> That'd be the most fun presidency ever. Hey, what's going on over here? That's right. That's right. Don't mess with me. Very Italian theme to the show today. You got Italian comedians, Italian five and dine. I know. There's a lot. I don't know how Italian a five and dine is. It's a lasagna, though. It's a lasagna, but any self-respecting Italian would go, it's not really. It's not really lasagna, but that's okay. That's all right. Uh, well, we mentioned earlier in the day, it's National Mammography Day. Uh, it is such an important preventative measure for uh, any woman to take. A lot of people skip them uh, through the pandemic, and that's been a problem. Although some doctors are now saying that you can go every other year to get your mammogram, but that doesn't work for everybody. We have a special report uh, this morning from Dr. Max Stroma. Like I say, it's not a very long uh, report, but it is an important one dealing with the relationship between mammograms and your weight. You know, virtually every major medical group in the U.S. says women should have yearly mammograms after age 40. But a U.S. government agency says every two years is enough. Still, if overweight women follow those guidelines, their breast cancers may be found at larger, later stages. It was almost four years ago that a screening mammogram found a breast cancer in Inez West. It had been about two years since her previous mammogram. About two days after I had the mammogram, I got a letter from the um, uh, place where I had gone asking me to come in, and I kind of knew something was up. You know, my grandmother had had uh, breast cancer. But perhaps just as important as the delay between mammograms was that Inez had been about 50 pounds heavier back then. And extra weight means extra fat cells, which means increased risk. They have chemicals in them that make the body continue to produce more and more estrogen. Estrogen is food for the majority of breast cancers. Dr. Lori Margolis, chief of breast imaging for the Mount Sinai Health System, says a study just presented at the Radiological Society of North America finds that if overweight or high BMI women in Sweden wait two years between mammograms, their breast cancers are found to be larger and later stage, making them harder to treat. People who are thin who are screened every year have the most chance of having small early detected breast cancer. So what does that mean for American women? For the Swedish study, high BMI was defined as 25 and above, and 70% of American women fall in that category. The lesson is clear to Dr. Margolis. Screen with mammography every year, beginning at age 40, and continuing every year as long as we're healthy. Something Inez is now doing. I'm alive and well and surviving. Now, the reason the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force gives for recommending mammography only every two years is that yearly mammograms cause undue anxiety in women. But most women I've spoken with said they'd rather deal with some anxiety than a larger, later-stage breast cancer. And studies show that the radiation from modern mammogram machines does not increase cancer risk. And some experts say the real reason behind that recommendation is cost. And uh, what's the surprise there uh, that that there is cost associated with that? Now, if something happens that your insurance does not cover 
uh, mammograms. They, I've put a link up on our Facebook page uh, for freemammograms.org that talks about how you can have your mammograms done absolutely free uh, in Virginia. And there's an easy link for you to follow there. And I guess the reason this is so important to me is uh, I guess it was on a show. It was on a Friday, and it was a show probably about two months ago that I had uh, an, an urgent text message from my sister-in-law, and um, and it had been. And this is this is from my um, my on my ex-husband's side, and I hadn't heard from her for a while, and so it kind of panicked me a little bit. And I called her when I got off the air, and she was absolutely just beside herself uh crying and upset she is one of those women who had skipped her mammogram uh during covid and then she ended up finding uh lumps in her breast and uh, she ended up with with breast cancer now she's doing better now thankfully and um she is uh she's really doing great i talked to her this week um, but this is not something that you want to go through. And people talk about the stress of a mammogram. It's a pain. I get it. But it is so important and literally could save your life. So please go and do that. And if you're not covered with your uh, with your uh, your health care, then check out that link that I put on our Facebook page. Just look up the Morning Jam on VTRN and you'll be able to uh, link to that right away. Well, we've been talking about uh, James Corden. And how he got booted from a New York eatery, and then he profusely apologized to the uh, restauranteur who had called him a cretin of a man, and had banned, uh, who had banned him from the eatery, and um, and and so uh, of course he thought he did something wrong, or he wouldn't have profusely apologized, right? I mean, one would think. He said on the Late Late Show, uh, uh, in an interview with the New York Times for the Late Late Show, uh, I haven't done anything wrong on any level. It was a pre-scheduled interview yesterday that the reporter described as just awkward. He added, it feels silly to, uh, to talk about such a thing as this, even though it's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. There's no way you could do an interview with James Corden and not talk about it. Hours after Keith McNally said Corden was banned from his Manhattan restaurant, the restauranteur backed off saying the host had profusely apologized and was welcome to come back. The comedian reportedly remained cagey in the interview held at another restaurant days later that was meant to focus on his new Amazon show, Mammals, but was almost entirely about the he-said-he-said incident. While Corden admitted he would probably have to bring it up on his show Monday night, yeah, probably, he avoided the idea that it was worthy of discussion, pointing out that thousands of people send back their food while out to eat and accuse the Times of asking questions that were beneath them. Corden said he had no qualms about going forward with the Times interview because I feel so zen about the whole thing because I think it's so silly. I think it's beneath all of us. It's beneath you. It's certainly beneath your publication. The host didn't give his version of events from the disputed dining incident during the interview, or he wouldn't say or confirm that he had apologized, as uh, the restauranteur said he had. He said he hadn't really read of anything of the reporting about his claimed behavior. He must not be 
like on a computer or on his phone or because it's everywhere. Or it. Right. Um, there's stuff coming out all over now about people who have witnessed him doing this before, uh, berating busboys. Um, anybody there's smoke, there's fire. Well, and for him to be like, oh, it's just so beneath you. It's beneath you. It's beneath me. It's just beneath everyone. Is just ridiculous. It's quite interesting because, you know, as mentioned earlier, like Russell Wilson's going through something sort of the similar where a lot more people are coming out talking about how, you know, how cliche and you can call them cringy, whatever it may be. And it's like once one person says something like it might be quiet for a while because like, you know, the mindset is no one wants to say anything. But then once one person says something feels like, oh, OK, now mm-hmm. I can say something. So it's, just, it's always quite interesting how these type of stories never come in singles. It always yeah, it, but don't it always you comes think in groups. Part of it is that everybody can have a bad moment. I agree. Like everybody has probably had a moment at a restaurant where perhaps they overreacted a little bit. Maybe something else was going on, yeah, and like maybe the, you were a little rude. Yeah, my mom has made a made a waitress cry, but granted, she didn't do anything wrong. She just said her order was wrong. But I, I that was always a funny story for our family. She made the waitress cry. It was she like said her, her like, order was wrong. Yeah, it was like the waitress is like first or second day. Oh, and and see, having waited tables, I I, I have a tendency to lean a little bit. Yeah, towards, and I'll just you never know. forget the manager coming and be like, um, no, I will be in charge of your table because uh, our our, our waitress is in the back and my mom's and she's like crying oh Lord. and my mom like was but like, i think people do felt so bad relate relate to that but then when other people are like wait a minute i saw him doing that in another restaurant and then somebody else was like he also yelled at a bus boy it, just, uh-uh. it always seems like it comes in in pairs there's a pattern here there's definitely a pattern. We've got your WDBJ7 news coming up in just a little bit. We'll take a look at your forecast. And then we've got some text about some kind of weird medical billing showing up a year later. This is the fourth story I've heard like that this week. We'll talk about that coming up. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Mostly sunny skies today, warming up to 66 degrees. Clear and cold overnight areas of frost possible, lows at 35. We'll start out with mostly sunny skies on Saturday, getting up close to 70 for those afternoon highs. Overnight lows at 41 Saturday night. And mostly sunny on Sunday, just a few more clouds by the afternoon. High temperatures running in the upper 60s. Currently 35 degrees in Appomattox, 37 in Salem, 32 in Danville, 36 in Roanoke, 37 in Bedford, and 34 in uh, the Lynchburg area. Well, the Amherst County Fair is returning, and you can take it all in. First night was last night. It's going to run through Sunday. They've got rides and shows and animals, and they're even having a silent dance party, which I learned is when you put on noise-canceling headphones and everybody just dances to the beat of their own drum. Uh, It's going to be open until 10 o'clock tonight. The gates are going to close at 9, but the fair itself will be open until 10. Uh, Tomorrow, 12 to 10. Sunday, 12 to 6. Uh, Admission is $3 per person on uh, 
Thursday, that was yesterday, sorry, $5 per person uh, Friday through Sunday. And they've got lots of vendors and plenty of parking, free shuttle parking. That's going to be running continuously between the fairgrounds and the parking area on Old Stage Road. And they also have handicap parking on East Sweetbriar Drive if you have proper handicap identification. Going to be a busy weekend in Lynchburg this weekend. You talked about the Amherst County Fair. Well, Liberty University is having their first ever sellout in Williams Stadium as they welcome the BYU Cougars into town this weekend. I know this is a sports story, but I was going to just alert people. Going to be very trafficy around Lynchburg, uh, Liberty University tomorrow, probably all across the area all weekend, as uh, I assume a lot of people from the BYU contingency traveling into town for this game. This is one of their two big home games this season, along with Virginia Tech. So game tomorrow at 3.30 on ESPNU. So a uh, big weekend for for the Flames and for you know Lynchburg as a whole. This is a, a marquee opponent, and so uh, a big weekend in the area. And I know we're going to talk later about more things going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, including this one. If you've ever been so involved in watching something that you feel like you're a part of it, that's the kind of experience you just might get at Mount Rouge Farm in Roseland. The Brian Cloudus experience has returned to Nelson County this year for a all-new immersive experience. Uh, it's just in time for Halloween. They say you could come to the show every single night. You get a different experience. This isn't a a uh, haunted attraction filled with things that will chase you unless your name is Ichabog, and that's a good thing. Uh, you don't want to be chased by the villains in this play, that's for sure. And it's not a typical play. It's far from it. The Brian Cloudus experience will bring you into the show. You're thrust into a story. The actors you know pull you along. And I always say the main character in these experiences is the audience. Even intermission is a full-on full participation, fully involved event. You can get photos with the cast. You can even mingle with them. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is uh, one of the oldest ghost stories around. It's called the Sleepy Hollow Experience. And uh, they say it'll it'll be a night that you won't soon forget. So if you're interested in uh, finding out more about that, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be held there in Nelson County. And he said he and his crew performed uh oklahoma in the past and they could be bringing a christmas carol experience to virginia so. i i have been uh in um a sleepy hollow before as a, in high school I, I was in that play and then i've also played ebenezer scrooge before that was all the way back in sixth grade but uh I've done two of those plays before. Well, Trey's not in this one, but if you want to take it in, BrianCloudis.com is the place you need to go. I'm going to put a link on our Facebook page. One of Janet's favorite people is currently in Virginia promoting Joe Biden's administration policies and key to advancing the nation's long-term economic well-being. That is Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. Oh, Lord. You know, share a name with her. Mm. Um, and the lead up to the midterm elections, the former Federal Reserve Chair is visiting a Virginia research and development business park with Democratic Senator Tim Kaine on Friday and taking up administration efforts to revitalize America's manufacturing capacity, spur, spur computer chip production, and upgrade the country's infrastructure. Republican Jerry Connolly, Democrat from Virginia, will also attend. Yellen's visit is part of the Treasury's leader's ongoing tour of the U.S., and she and other administration officials try to quell the impact of the persistent high inflation. Voters have made it clear that the price increases are a top concern. 
a June Associated Press NRC Center for Public Affairs Research poll showed that 40% of U.S. adults specified named inflation and open-ended question as one of their top five priorities for the government to work on in the next year. So uh, last half hour, we were talking about National Mammography Day, and we did uh, a report from CBS correspondent Dr. Max Stroma about the relationship between mammograms and weight. If you missed that, we will have it up on our SoundCloud a little bit later on today. It's pretty interesting information there. We received a a text from a listener who said, uh, what's tough is that, that said that his wife had a mammogram a year ago. And they found something questionable, and they had to do further tests. Thankfully, found out it was nothing. A year. This was a year ago. Yesterday, they called her and told her she owes $700 a year later. Says, I don't understand these medical facilities waiting a year to send a bill. Uh, I had the same thing happen to me about two years ago. And he said, we thought that insurance had taken care of it. And said, what's tough is they called her about this bill yesterday. This had already been budgeted out. When you do a procedure like that, you hang on to some money for the next few months waiting for a bill to come. Then when it doesn't, you move that money somewhere else. So I had a sleep study done a year ago, and I got a notification last week from a collection agency for a $10 fee. You got one? I got I got a collection notice from for a $10 bill from Apria. They had sent it to collections for $10. Now, this kind of falls into the category of the the waiter waitress thing. You know, it's not the waiter's fault that the food is cold many times, but I called them and I was so angry. And I always try to preface it with I understand this isn't something that you did. However, I also know this is being recorded for quality assurance. So whoever is reviewing this tape, buckle up. And then I let them have it. $10, over $10, which, after they looked into it, had been paid. After our many times together, I have I have the full picture in my head of you calling them and, and just laying you, into them. You wouldn't want to be on the, on the receiving no, end of that, have, would you? I've, I could picture it. I could uh-huh. picture it. Yeah. Uh, some of our listeners probably could, too. Uh, I, told, I told this listener, I think that I think they do it on purpose sometimes. Uh, he says, I think you're right. It, uh, it, maybe it's a way for them to get more money. Uh, there must be some type of advantage as to why they're doing it a year later. And if somebody, and I said this, if you all tell me this is due to COVID, I'm going to go off on somebody. Because I already had... A situation where I had called, and this was UVA. I oh, had called, that's your problem. I called UVA for a for a knee. Johnny says I want to hear the recording. Somebody's reviewing it, buddy. Probably Somebody can't air is. it. On, probably can't air it. I'm not a cusser as I, a rule. I didn't say that. I just still said we probably can't air it. <laughs> just gonna, just because people would be frightened. <laughs> Halloween is coming up. Um, so I had I had called about. I wanted to make sure I was going to the right location. I think that's why I was calling. I'm pretty sure that's why I was calling. Anyway, I called, and this was a UVA number. No, it was a billing question. It was a billing question because it was the number listed on the bill. And this is what happens. You picked that trash school Hello? to call. Hello? Uh, I'm sorry? I'm, I'm calling UVA billing? Yeah, this is the number. 
Like, are you kidding me? That's how you answer the phone. And I could tell she was at home. I could hear her dog in the background. And I said, I said so this is, this. you're telling me this is UVA billing that I'm talking to right now. And she said, yeah. I said, well, I've just never had heard the phone answered that way. She goes, well, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to lunch. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. When you have a minute and you can focus on your job, you can call me back at this number. No, no, I can do it. I can do it now. In the meantime, I hear <laughs> in the background with her dog. You know, she's making her sandwich or whatever for lunch. It was ridiculous. And I know this is one of those jobs where she wants to keep doing it from home. Stop it. They've got to knock that stuff out. It's ridiculous. It's just gross. Um, We also got a text from someone about uh, going to the Amherst County Fair. And they said it was wonderful. Uh, It overlooks the mountain. It's really beautiful. They had a really nice setup. The rides for the kids uh, are set up nicely. Plenty of parking. And they shuttle you to the fairground entrance. It's very easy to get around. And said it was a great experience. Well, there you go. There's an endorsement from one of our listeners. I like it. Uh, listener said, did the did the caller have her pants on? Probably not. She was probably sitting there in a robe answering calls for the University of Virginia. That would be my guess. We'll be back with more Friday Funnies on this Friday. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Morning Jam. If you've had an incident like we've had with the medical bills, call us. 866-916-3776. Maybe you can top those stories. I don't know. You put it on your toast and on the radio at daybreak. The Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. Hungry for some truth with a side of common sense? You want answers? Then you found the right choice. We are The Morning Jam. She went to our house the other day and she said, there's a copperhead snake in the backyard. You have to go kill it. I don't know if everyone's familiar with copperhead snakes, but they're venomous snakes, and if they bite you, you could die. And my wife came into our home and told me to fight one to the death. I've never fought a snake in my whole life, and she wants me in a death match, my first time in the ring. That's that's not how you're supposed to begin new hobbies. You're supposed to build up to the difficult levels. Let me fight a worm first, learn some of the moves. So I said to my wife, I don't want to fight this snake. Here's what I want to do. I want to wait until it leaves. And she said, we can't do that. What if it bites the kids or it bites the dog? I was like, okay, fair point. Let's just not leave any dog treats or iPhones near the snake. And I think that we'll be okay. (laughs) Unless that snake's a Wi-Fi router they got to unplug and plug back in. I don't think the kids are going to mess with it. How about this? Let's have a barbecue. Invite over all the neighbors we don't like. Just let nature take its course. <laughs> and my wife rejects all my ideas. She wants this snake dead. So here's what she does. She calls our neighbor. And he comes over and kills the snake. And that's not a fun moment in a man's life. To be standing in your own backyard watching while another man protects your family. That sucks. That's had a real negative effect on my self-esteem. She heard something in the night, and she goes, oh, my God, I heard something. you got to go check. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to go check. I'm going to give Steve a call. This is his job from now on. <laughs> I love that guy. 
He's so funny. Who is that again? Uh, Andy Woodhull is his name. So, yeah, I mean, snakes aren't for everybody. Not everybody can can handle that. So I, I, I get that. But that would be a little humiliating to have to call in the neighbor. Uh, so we've been uh, getting calls or a text about um, bills and billing issues and people getting a bill like a year after they have a procedure. We got a text in that says, uh, it's from Lynn, it says, I work for Centra, and I feel that overall they're a good organization. However, their billing department has much to be desired. They are notorious for sending bills out over a year later after the date of service. Why is that? Why? But I got a simple... There should be some type of thing where if it's a certain amount is late, then we so shouldn't I, have to pay it. So I had to go in for a... For you know, like a checkup, like an ultrasound. Okay. For my, um, so they sent, the, like, they kept, we paid it, like, I think the day of, but they kept sending us the bill. And my mom was like, it's paid. It's paid. Stop sending us the bill. And they kept sending a bill. Okay. And it, it like, they did that for like a year. Hmm. And like, we'd call them. And be like, yeah, this your account's good. Okay. It was so weird. So, so how long did you fight that battle? Uh, at least a, like a year. Okay. Well, I don't know, but it seems to be a prevalent, uh, prevalent thing for sure. Uh, apparently, there are baby names that are banned in America. I didn't know because there seems some like there's some pretty weird names out there. State governments might step in and prohibit certain baby names and spellings from appearing on official birth certificates. Millions of babies are born and named in the U.S. each year, but certain names or naming conventions are reportedly banned by state governments. Tesla CEO Elon Musk and singer Grimes reportedly learned this fact in 2020 when they tried to name their firstborn son XAEA-12. Why would you do that? So stupid. The pair modified the names numeric 12 to the Roman numeral, which is acceptable and in accordance with California state law. So is their, their baby's name 12? Is that their baby's name? 12. That's the name. Yeah. Okay. Other name guidelines in the Golden State enforces including restricting names to 26 characters in the English alphabet and a ban on pictographs, emojis, and obscene or derogatory names, uh, according to a, a parenting news website. So why do states get a say in citizen baby names? The reason is birth certificates, insurance, falls under state jurisdiction, a detail That is noted on USA.gov, the official online guide to government information and services. Here are five states that are said to have name restrictions. Georgia, they only prohibit symbols, including accents on babies' names. New York, they welcome uh, babies that are given 30-character limit for first and middle names, 40-character limit for last names. The Empire State reportedly has a ban on numbers and symbols in names. Good for you. There's one thing New York got right. Ohio, they're prohibited from using numbers in babies' names, but they're allowed to have hyphens, apostrophes, and spaces. 
Texas have a 100-character limit on first, middle, and last names, and each name can only be written in the English alphabet. Virginia. Virginians can't use numbers, symbols, or other special characters in names according to the same site. Technically, I have a number of my name, but it's because I'm the third. I don't think that's what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they're talking about, like, you know, someone wants to get creative, and instead of an E, they put a three or something like that, I guess. A few uncommon names have been attempted in various parts of the U.S. and have been deemed illegal by state courts. Ten examples of prohibited baby names reportedly include King, Queen, Jesus Christ, Three, Santa Claus, Majesty, Adolf Hitler, Messiah, The Symbol, and 1069. One of these is not like the other. Why do people do that to their children? I don't understand why you would do that. It's just stupid. Really frustrating. Uh, Protesters who walked out during a Pence speech got a little truth headed their way. The group hosting Pence's speech said the protesters were proven wrong within minutes. Video from uh, a speech delivered Wednesday by former Vice President Mike Pence at Georgetown University shows students walking out during a speech while other students unveiled a sign saying reproductive rights are human rights. Let's see if we can get this to cooperate with us this morning and uh, we'll pull that up here in just a second. Take a listen. Seems to me that having served many years in Washington, leaders in this this nation's capital have never been more out of touch, more intent on imposing their agenda or walking out on people that might have a different point of view. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Uh, The video was posted by Young Americans Foundation from a speech it hosted at the Washington, D.C. University. It shows like a handful of students walking out. Yeah. uh, Waving their rainbow flag as uh, other students in the balcony um, unfurled a a flag with a pro-choice message. Several of the students were wearing masks. Why are you wearing masks? I mean, you know, I'm not the biggest Pence fan, like I'm just not. Um, but why? Why don't you like Pence? I don't know. It's just kind of my gut feeling about, it. like you know, you just I don't know okay. exactly. Um, I love Pence. I think he's great, but but I agree with him there about you know. I think I think the biggest like a big problem in this country, and something that I I I personally strive to work on is like is like if I disagree with you, which you and I disagree on a lot of things. We do. Um, and it's probably because of our perspectives, you know. Right. Uh, it, it's a, it's always perspective. It's your life experience. It's your perspective. It's, you know, things that you've had happen to you. But I still would like just respect other people's opinions. I think that that could go a long way in this country. And I think Democrats and Republicans, that's like one of the top three issues that they have is they have no respect for other people's opinions it's it's my way is going to work in in this and this well and they this. don't even listen yeah and the very idea that you have hate has no home here and then you're being so hateful i mean that just yeah. it doesn't make any sense uh young americans foundation said it was quickly able to fill the seats with people who were waiting in line to see uh pence they were waiting outside 
campus leftists thought they could successfully derail Vice President Mike Pence's uh, sponsored lecture by walking out and displaying signs promoting the left wing's radical agenda. Within minutes, they were proven wrong. Uh, Those spots were easily filling the room to capacity with students legitimately interested in hearing what the vice president uh, had to say about pro-freedom. Pence did not immediately respond to a request for comment, uh, but only tweeted uh, a big thank you. It was great to be in Georgetown tonight with so many great young Americans. He didn't need to give a comment. He gave a comment during his statement, that little statement. Right. I mean, he kind of, he kind of said it all. Uh, Pence hedged when asked during a question and answer session following the speech whether he would support the Trump presidency. Um, and he said, well, there might be somebody else I prefer, he said with a with a smile. Uh, yeah. So, all of his focus has been put on the midterm elections, and uh, it'll stay that way for the next 20 days. But after that, we'll start thinking about the future, ours and the nation's. And I'll keep you posted, okay? He said. Coming up, Bill Trafiro's on the way with his take on our local news headlines from Roanoke, Lynchburg, and the New River Valley. We've also got your headlines with CBS News. Thanks for listening to The Morning Jam. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.